Welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nelly J, y'all, and we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday to you all. And folks, it's episode 37. Wow. 37. Yo, mm. first of all, three and seven are lucky numbers, so this episode is going to be hot fire. Fahim, <laughs> please introduce who we got. <laughs> all right, so just buckle your seatbelts because this is someone I've known for a while, and I must say there's like a certain circle uh, of people that I really respect uh, their insight in regards to sports, and he's one of them. So let's welcome Dudley to the podcast today. Dudley. Hey Dudley, man, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are how's everyone tonight? We're good, you know, just chill out, chill out. So you want to have the viewers to get to know you a bit more. So Dudley, name your top three sports that you follow or that you love. Sure, absolutely. Um so big basketball fan. Um, and that's NBA, and and of course, uh, gotta love the tournament. It's great. Um, huge NFL fans. So, you know, there's a little thing called the NFL draft happening tonight. I don't know. As we speak, <laughs> a little bit of a sports story. I don't know. Um, and um, you know, I would probably say maybe next hockey. Um, but I'm a general sports fan. I love track. You know, Formula One, um, golf, tennis, uh, like everything. Everything, mm-hmm. everything, Locker. and that's true because I think Nadal just won uh, just recently too uh, in the recent Open. So that's dope. So as you talk about NFL and draft, as we speak, y'all, we're recording on draft night. Now the biggest story out of the draft thus far, as of now, is pick number three, Trey Lance. Everyone's saying it's a shock, a surprise, but for most avid football fans, they're not shocked. So what's your thoughts um, on the Trey Lance pickup by the 49ers? Well, no, Jay, great question. And uh, happy to be part of episode 37. And three <laughs> is my favorite number. Always has Ooh. been since I was a kid. I like seven. So, so, number uh, seven's, three. One of, so seven's my number. So I like three seven. and seven. There we go. The same thing, um, yeah. <laughs> The 49ers are one of the two teams that I, I do follow closely. Um, and following that team, I think it's important, LJ, to really kind of take some context in terms of the pick that they made mm-hmm. and with what happened earlier today with the apparent um, trade rumors that were happening between San Francisco and Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, Ooh. which apparently fell through. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's happening. It seems really <laughs> messy. I'm sure there's more tea to be spilt about this, but anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, they, they San Francisco was in desperate need of a quarterback. Um, you know, they they run the football a lot, um, a lot. Everybody runs, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the understudy to Tom Brady um, in in New England, and I think they were hoping that he would become like Tom Brady, and he's not. It hasn't really worked out, so. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's a, a good pickup for them. Oh, that's cool. And question, right? Because I think we were all shocked. Aaron Rodgers wants to get the hell out. Now, we spoke earlier about how Dwayne Watson may have started a trend because, we you know, Dwayne was like adamant. I don't, sorry, Deshaun Watson, sorry, was adamant saying that I don't want to stay in Houston. And now we have another quarterback coming out of the realm saying, I don't want to stay in Green Bay. What's happening in the NFL? Like, are the owners afraid? Like, are they scared that these QBs are now speaking out against them? <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's the... Uh... 
the James Harden uh, magic dust effect. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's coming. Uh, the beard is coming into the in, into the NFL, um, <laughs> good or bad. Um, mm-hmm. It is a little strange because these are taught to your quarterbacks. These are not just you know somebody just you know on a practice roster somewhere. Like these are elite players um, that are promoting the league that that want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully. Um, you know, um, with this Aaron Rodgers situation, I'm, I'm not even sure how it will get resolved, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I'm not sure what they'll do with it. And it's just so out of the blue that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were some rumblings last year, but now this is really boiled over. So maybe it was just rumbling and we didn't realize and now it's just got over. So, yeah. And to add to that, you know, Patrick Mahomes tweeted today, he's like, well, like, see, draft weekend is going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> so um, the, the draft's happening tonight, but we all know in draft night, things can tra- things can, tra- can change, right? Trades yes. can happen over the weekend. Players can switch up. So as of now, Trey Lance being on um, 49ers is great. And I think Garoppolo can help him because, you know, Garoppolo was trained by Tom Brady and by Belichick. Big up those two goats. Yeah. So he has some knowledge, right? So for Trey Lance, I mean, the only thing is that he went to a, a school that wasn't D1, right? But he had the perfect season. Perfect season. That's still hard to do. I don't care what division you're playing. Having a perfect season is not easy, especially in football in America. I don't care what division you're playing in, right? So let's see what absolutely. happens, guys. <laughs> well, absolutely. I wish him nothing but success. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, y'all. So for you, let's get into the show and get talk about some hot topics. All right. So Vladdy Jr. Mm. Uh, first of all, let's give it up for Vladdy. Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. Had a historic uh, night just the other night. Um, he had Grand Slam, mm-hmm. three homers, um, He's looking like the star that we <laughs> thought he's going to be. Uh, what's your thoughts on Vladdy? I'm happy. Like, I think for him, like, you're the one. I remember when we first got him, you're like, Janelle, like, don't worry. This guy, trust me, he's the future. And I was like, okay, let's see. Let's see. But honestly, I am so happy. Like, I think he's number three in ratings right now, like, in terms of, like, bat batting. So, like, I'm just very happy that the Blue just has a superstar that we can pivot on. Um, but no, like, I think he's the youngest to ever have uh, a, a seven RBI uh, three homer night, I believe. He's the youngest right. to ever do youngest it. Youngest ever, yeah. Yeah, it, it's historic, and he's a Blue Jay. So, you know, it's great, to ha- it's great to have someone on our team. I'm very excited, and I know the Blue Jays, I mean, the Raptor fans, we're, sh- like, we're, we're out of it. So, I think Blue Jays doing well, and, and the Leafs doing well in Toronto must still be good, right? So, how about you? How about you, Dudley? <laughs> well, it's 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 great, and you know when when he came on, you know, onto the Jays, and obviously the little Canadian connection with his his father uh, playing as in Montreal those years ago, uh, it was it was a nice you know transition, uh, something you know Toronto fans could you know hang their hat on. It's always nice to have that, and to see him, you know, the, the promise of him from from last year, you're now seeing it this year, and his his batting average is just like. I mean, season is early still, but it is just wow. Like, yeah. this is checking is like 346, I believe. Yeah, He's batting for the season. Like, right. that's just unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, he is looking like, like Fahim said, like he's looking like the star that we, that we would hope. And, 
you know, it's, it's a nice pivot from, um, from Jose Bautista because he was that, you know, name brand star in Toronto for so many years. And of course, the bat flip is, a, you know, one of those Toronto uh, sports uh, moments. And, you know, we can add Vladdy Guerrero Jr. to another Toronto uh, baseball sports moment. So. Right. So it's funny that you mentioned Bautista. Um, so Bautista, he was the guy when he was here. And, yeah, we have Springer. Uh, Vladdy is younger and like promising. Like when you look to even uh, ESPN in the States, when you talk about Toronto, uh, I know Springer has been away, but it's just been all about Vladdy. He has the marquee mm -hmm. name and a marquee look. Um, what I found interesting is this. Um, that night uh, when he had uh, the three homers, he doesn't speak English, so he had to do it through an interpreter. Um, I guess I'm going to throw this question out. Uh, you mentioned Bautista, Dudley. And Bautista, when he was here, he had sponsorships, but he wasn't, uh, like, he was the franchise, but his sponsors were kind of muted. He, like, he wasn't like, they didn't brand him as the, the you know, the superstar. How, how do you feel about Vladdy? Okay, he's born first of all, Montreal, when his dad played for the Expo. So he's born in Canada, but was raised in the DR, right? But he doesn't speak English. I'm just wondering, how does that affect his marketability in a market like Canada, not speaking English? Well, you know, Fahim, that's a really good question. And obviously, you know, you think about marketability, you think about an ad, and you think about somebody saying something, um, whether it's Roberto Alomar saying, catch the taste, um, or, <laughs> the taste. <laughs> or, or the Bautista, there's a little throwback there, or the Bautista booster juice ads. And he really didn't say a lot in those yeah. ads, but he was like batting practice and hitting out, um, you know, um, uh, drinks to people and whatnot. Right, and, and pictures and posters of him just holding a baseball bat. It spoke, yes. just looking at it spoke for itself, right? Spoke for itself, exactly. Mm. So from a marketability standpoint, um, obviously, um, you know, there, there are limitations, but a star is a star, whether they um, have a strong command of, 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 you know, English language or not. And Toronto being such a multicultural place, you know, um, I think they can position him where even if it's just a few words for him to say, he can get that message across because he really is somewhat of a larger than life figure. Um, you know, he's, he's got the look of a star, but he mm -hmm. also has the name of a star and right. he's the son of a star. Right. He's a star in his own right. Mm -hmm. So he's the galaxy, he's the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, sure. you know, he's kind of like Toronto or Canadian royalty you know he's like the crown prince of you know right. you think of it in that in that sense from a baseball standpoint so i i think that um you know any company that's you know that wants to put their brand behind him um or put him in front of their brand uh, i think they're doing themselves a, a service because he, he is bankable agreed extremely likable especially when he's hidden like this exactly <laughs> and out what you said dudley like I just think that in Toronto, we've been dying for a superstar. And I don't think we care in what sport. Like, I don't care if he speaks English, if he speaks French. Like, it doesn't really matter to us. Like, if you're going to help us win games and get put Toronto on the map, you're marketable. Because our city's like that. Like, if we're winning, owners are happy and, and you get sponsorship from those owners. So as long as he's doing what he's been doing 
And of course, like for me, I was just proud seeing a Blue Jay star on like ESPN and on Bleacher Report. Like everyone posted. I'm like, wow, it's so good to see someone from Toronto being mm-hmm. posted and being like celebrated on all these American uh, websites. So mm-hmm. that in itself is marketing for us. So I, I really think kids are a problem, to be honest, when it comes to No, marketing. and I agree. <laughs> I, I, I'm just kind of throwing it out. The reason being yeah. is I think of um, in boxing, you have, uh, you know, Canelo Alvarez, you know, um, he's Mexican. Uh, pound for pound, best boxer in the world. Um, understands English somewhat, but refuses to speak it. And I'm wondering if, now I know baseball is a team sport and boxing is an individual sport. I get that dynamic, mm-hmm. but I'm just wondering, seeing Canelo, we don't really know much about him outside of the ring. And I think the fact that he can't really speak the language that relates to the fans might make it a little bit harder for them to find ways to market him. And that's what I was thinking in regards to Vladdy. Um, it was a great night. It, I understand, like, I'm not knocking him because he doesn't speak English at all. Uh, what I am stating though is uh, that a night like that, when they are asking, you know, talking to you about your experience of what, what just happened in the moment, just kind of going through a translator um, when he's not, I wouldn't say new to the country. He's been here for a few years, you know, um, th- that's all. I'm just wondering what kind of difference, even hearing him express himself um, in English, if that would make any, any difference. That's why I was just asking. That's oh, all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there will, there will always, uh, you know, be some benefit uh, in, you know, for anyone who's expressing themselves to hear them. Um, in their native language. That being said, excitement is excitement. You can't bottle that up. Right. And, you know, Anderson Silva is, you know, arguably the greatest uh, fighter in UFC history, pound for pound. And he is Brazilian and speaks Portuguese. And mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter what language he's speaking, you know what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> true, true. Um, so in regards to Andrew Wiggins, you know, let's actually, since we're keeping it Canadian content here with Vladdy being Canadian, let's transition to Andrew Wiggins, Canadian NBA player, being the first NBA player to reach 10,000 points. Canadian born player. Canadian born player. Canadian born player. Yes, Canadian born player. Good catch. <laughs> to reach 10,000 points. So we got to give it up for, for Wiggins. What I have to say is, I heard that. Uh, I should feel excited, but I think I'm kind of kind of spurned. I'm a little 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 torn in regards to Andrew Wiggins. In regards to, I kind of feel like that is an achievement, but I'm seeing his career as kind of a disappointment. So, so you know, it's it's, it's a balance here. I guess we're not going to discredit him. He got ten thousand. I'm more surprised. I'm like. Well, we got 10,000 points. Congratulations. First Canadian born. Congratulations. Well, and then I just have to think back to his career. So question, right? Because Steve mm-hmm. Nash had 17,000 career points, but Steve Nash wasn't born in, in Canada? No. Yeah, he was born, born in, in South, South Africa. Africa. Born in South Africa, right? Okay. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, because I guess for, I guess in Canada's Hall of Fame, like Steve Nash is number one, but yeah, Wiggins is the first, I guess, born Canadian, in Canada. Canadian yeah, yeah, yeah. Born, right, right. Yeah, so we'll clarify that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, what are you guys thinking about this? Like, that's quite an achievement, but on the flip side, when we talk about Andrew Wiggins, I don't know about anyone who really gets excited or even has a positive uh, train of thought with him. What do you say, Mr. Dutt? Well, you know, Andrew Wiggins, I think... Uh, where maybe some of your 
disappointment maybe might be coming from not to put words in your mouth <laughs> not that oh, I no no yeah. put it in <laughs> not that I it, like LJ, it doesn't work right no yeah no. he's <laughs> listen Fahim hasn't been kind to Andrew Wiggins since I mean since I think like year three year four he has not been a fan of Andrew Wiggins um I, but I remember... also but also I think it's because Andrew didn't play for um Canada team Canada that was, I think that was one, one of the reasons. What, yeah, one of the reasons why you weren't really a true fan of his. But yeah, go ahead, Dudley. <laughs> and I, I think another reason as well, because um, I recall some conversation with him when Andrew was at Kansas um, and he's playing beside Embiid. Um, I think Fahim was a little more of an Embiid fan than an Andrew Wiggins fan. Um, but <laughs> that might have come into play. Uh, but we did agree that Embiid would have a great career. And he has. But it was about Andrew Wiggins. Um, so with Wiggins, maybe the disappointment is coming from the fact that he was, at the time, the most highly recruited uh, player coming out of, I guess, high school, going into college. Uh, and so there was so much – the most highly recruited since LeBron James. So at the time when he was coming in. So he was – essentially the next LeBron James. And since then, the, the next one has been Zion. So kind of looking at those, kind of like those three little bookmarks, LeBron, Wiggins, and Zion. And I know I might be making Fahim's case for him on this. However, I will say this. He was the number one overall pick. And has he played like a number one overall pick? Um, you know, some may say yes, some may say no. I would say probably not as much because when you think about top five, top 10, top 15 players, Andrew Wiggins' name will never be brought up in today's NBA. And even, you know, earlier on in his career, probably still wouldn't have been brought up. So I think that's fair. But at the same time, though, it's a great milestone for a Canadian-born player. And you look at the list of who else is Canadian-born. Obviously, Steve mm -hmm. Nash is, is on there um, um, because he is Canadian, but just not born in Canada. But when you look at the others that are on there, Kelly Olenek's on there. Um, I believe Tristan Thompson's on the list. Uh, Jamal Murray, um, I think he's just going to go low right by that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexandra, and RJ Barrett are like, you know, the, you know, they're only 20, 20, 21, thereabouts. They're very, yeah. very young, and uh, they're really good. Um, and I think you're just seeing a great progression of Canadian basketball. So for me, for him, I'm looking at it as a win-win for Canada. And I am looking forward so one day, these great young Canadian talents to get together and represent Team Canada, whether it's at Olympics or a World Basketball Championship, perhaps it may change your opinion if Wiggins does join the team then. <laughs> <laughs> no, good point. And you know what? Like, like you said, um, I think like the most impactful Canadian player, because he's won a ring um, or had to won a ring, Steve Nash, of course, we know he's our top player. But, I mean, born Canadian, I would say, Rick Fox, right? People forget about Rick Fox. Rick Fox, <laughs> yes, he has championship. Do. He's the NBA champion, right? And no one ever – and also, he was pretty critical in some in, – in, like, those finals, too, when it comes to the Lakers. So, uh, we can't forget Rick Fox up there. But, you know, uh, Andrew Wiggins surpassed Rick Fox, which he should have, but – you know what? I think LeBron made it look easy, right? LeBron was always destined to be great. And the pressure he had from when he was like 15, he lived up to it and surpassed it in front of the entire world. And that just shows you that his tenacity was built into him. I don't think Andrew Wiggins had that drive. I don't think he did. Like, I think Andrew wanted to play basketball, but I don't think he wanted to surpass LeBron or be better than LeBron. He wanted to just be a good player and play for a good team. And that's okay, right? However, for us as fans, it sucks because we thought he would be like a LeBron. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes we, we project what we expect from players to do. But some players, honestly, some players, I think, just, just want to play basketball and, and win a ring 
and have and have fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and and they're not trying to break records or like you know yeah. like, like Westbrook, like you know get triple doubles. Like some players, all they care about is just playing basketball. And Andrew Wiggins is that player now. Will his mindset change? I don't know. I know right now, um, I think we saw Stephen A said that he would trade Andrew Wiggins for a box of cookies because he thinks he thinks Andrew Wiggins is weighing down the, the, the Warriors. I don't think so. I think Andrew Wiggins was not meant to be a second option. I think he, he, I think he should be a third option, and that's the mo- most he should be. I think coaches put him second and first because he has the size and the skills to be a first option, but I don't think he wants that mentally. I think he wants to be comfortable. So if they can keep Andrew and Clay comes back, I think they're going to have a very good dynamic with Clay, uh, Steph, uh, um, Steph, sorry, and Draymond, Draymond with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, but but if I'm Golden State, I won't trade him yet because I think he is a good third option and I think he's someone that they can rely on. But seeing him as second option to Steph, I think that's too much pressure for him, to be honest. My opinion. I understand. Congratulations to Andrew Wiggins, first Canadian born, 10,000 points. Must say, though, LeBron seemed to have got it right. LeBron could have played with him, opted not to for a reason. Um, and his accolades that he has so far in the league is he was rookie of the year mm-hmm. and NBA first team all rookie. And, and that's huge. That's and, huge. And, yes, and it's 2021. So in the last six years, <laughs> he hasn't done anything. Um, <laughs> but what he has done is got to 10,000 points. So, so salute and congratulations Congrats. and the ball going. Yes, absolutely. And now play for Team Canada. Play for Team Canada, Andrew. <laughs> Don't, don't do that to us, man. <laughs> Pay for the country, bro. Sorry, go ahead, for him. <laughs> All right, so Nelly J, let's go to For the Culture. All right, y'all. So For the Culture, we like to highlight individuals and organizations for the culture. And this week, we want to highlight uh, someone really cool. So um, for those who don't know, this last week, Sunday, it was the Oscars and a basketball player. I, I think the second one because Kobe won for his yes. uh, show, but Kevin Durant. Uh, I guess produced or co-produced a movie called Two Distant Strangers and he's also now won an Oscar. Oscar, they won for Best Life Action short film and uh, the directors were Trayvon Free, Martin Desmond Rowe and the the writer was Trayvon Free as well and uh, Trayvon said it was inspired by George Floyd and I don't want to give away the story but it's about a man trying to get home to his dog, get stuck in a time loop that has him relive a deadly run-in with the cop. Um, what's your thoughts on this movie? I watched it. Guys, if you haven't watched it, go on Netflix. It's on there. Or Borsum was, was a password. <laughs> but go on <laughs> Netflix and watch it. It's about, what, half an hour long? Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on the movie, Dudley? Thanks, LJ. I love movies. Um, that's one of my, that's like my <laughs> second passion. Maybe even my first passion. Uh, and so uh, kudos and congrats to uh, Kevin Durant. Um, no, 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 um, no shade at all. Um, he definitely deserved it, whatever he uh, input that he put in there, um, because obviously it's for the culture, it's for, for a great, great cause, and a, a message in sort needs to be told. And I'm a big believer in not spoiling things, and so I will also not spoil anything. Um, that being said, um, I, I did watch it, and I found it uh, to be very moving. Uh, I found it to be extremely timely, seeing that, um, um, you know, obviously we just had the... Uh, the verdict in the uh, um, in the uh, Derek Chauvin trial, um, just was it last week or so, um, and so you know if you haven't seen it, please do take a look at it. It's 32 minutes long, and it's it's worth it because it really does um, it really does highlight 
some of these systemic racism issues within the United States. And I think one of the, the scenes that really jumped out at me without giving anything away is, um, you mentioned LJ, and this is in the, the promo on, on Netflix in terms of what the show's about or the film's mm -hmm. about, but he is hiding certain items that he's wearing. And one of the items that he's wearing is a hoodie. And you see it in the, you know, in the, the trailer for the, or I guess the thumbnail, I should say, for the actual movie, you see him wearing this. So he's hiding it at one point. And it brought me back to some of the conversations, you know, going back almost like, it's like 10 years now, almost with Trayvon Martin mm -hmm. and how some people made comments in the media about, well, maybe he shouldn't have been wearing a hoodie or this and that. And it really jumped out at me because, and I was really thinking very critically about that piece because it really jumps out at me thinking about, um, you know, those type of comments and, you know, a hoodie is not, um, um, in any way, shape or form, a racialized piece of clothing, um, you know, in any way, shape or form, a hoodie is one of the most commonly worn items, you know, NFL drafts happen right now and all of those kids are wearing hoodies. All um, of them. <laughs> you know, um, you go to any mall, I guess, because pre-COVID, but you know, what are kids wearing? hoodies what are adults wearing hoodies it's, it's very comfortable it's it helps you keep you warm on a cold day uh and somehow unfortunately it's become um you know somewhat racialized or 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 um a stereotype or bias associated uh with that article of clothing and he's using that he's hiding it but it still doesn't allow him to escape the reality that he's living in so i think for me that really jumped out at me through the film no, honestly, that's a really good uh, point, actually, because I didn't really catch that. But when you bring it up, I'm like, yeah, I remember that point. And just to add, sorry, guys, Mike Conley as well. Sorry. Mike Conley yes. and Cameron Durant produced the movie. So big up, Mike Conley. Uh, Fahim, what were your thoughts on the movie and anything you want to kind of talk about from what you saw? Yeah, once again, I don't, uh, like, like Dudley, I don't want to spoil anything for it. All we want to do is really um, make light of it so people can actually, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and see it. Um, what I can say about the, the, the film is I was watching it. I went in knowing, honestly, I don't watch a lot of short films. I really don't. Um, so I was thinking in regards to time frame, I was like, wow, this is only 32 minutes. Like, this is like a, this is like a show, like a sitcom. You know what I'm saying? Um, as I was watching, knowing, going in, knowing this is short, I could say there's so much that ha happened. There's so much action that happened that, they might have been halfway through, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I'm sitting here saying, okay, this, is, this has got to be ending soon. <laughs> Me too. I had the same you know, thing. I'm same. like, this has got to be ending. But it's so not. I paused it at one point and I'm like, hold on, how much time's left? This is short, are you trying to the film? Because I was like, after 10 minutes, I was like over it. You know what I mean? I'm like, whoa, like, I've seen yeah. enough. Like, it's a lot. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I was sitting and I was just like, okay, well, where are we? In? And then it just, the action kept going. It was flowing. And the way it was flowing, I, it, the message, everything about it, it, I was really impressed. So I just want to stress everybody, if you haven't seen it, definitely go to Netflix check it out. Um, I do want to just, we mentioned about Mike Connolly Jr. K, uh, and KD mm -hmm. uh, being the executive producers. So these executive producers, they are um, not the ones that actually go behind the actual creating of the film, but they're the, uh, they bank money. They're the, they're the money behind <laughs> it, right? Yep, yep. So we're not going to, in any way, throw shots or discredit because, um, you know, filmmakers need funding from somewhere. So just the fact that they stepped up, big up 
right? And also to um, add, uh, Charlemagne said that they've had this film around like since uh, George Floyd's death. They've been trying to get it like picked up. And I think the writer also had this kind of outline written before, mm -hmm. but George Floyd influenced them. But the problem was getting someone to bankroll it. So Katie and Mike Conley doing this, it just shows that we need black producers like them to help t tell our stories. Because if we don't support our own, then how can we you know, talk about ourselves anyways? But yeah, good no, point no. about that. No, very good point. Uh, it, but the difference between uh, Katie and Mike Connolly in this uh, short film and Kobe's short film, Dear Basketball, was uh, Kobe wrote it and he narrated it. Mm -hmm. So, like, there was actual, like, you're hearing Kobe's voice and Kobe was, like, hands-on hands in regards to his Oscar. Not saying that these guys don't deserve, but that there's, you know, in regards to there's levels, Kobe was actually, like, knee-deep in his film yeah so yes. you know uh, respect to uh katie and mike Connolly for doing this um and also you know rest in peace and shout out to uh to kobe bryant for being uh you know the first athlete to actually get an oscar also and maybe even by kobe getting this this oscar may have inspired these guys to get involved also and the and uh, these guys getting involved can inspire others. So it's a good trend that's happening here. Um, so it's it's great to great to see. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I think with um, Kobe, it was just more of a a, a real personal story. And mm -hmm. if you haven't seen Jurassic, well, definitely check that out as well. Um, but uh, for folks out there um, listening or watching, but um, it was a very personal story. But again, whether it's in front of camera or behind the scenes, um, you know, having that support. Um, is, you know, as LJ said, is integral to getting the message out there. Yeah. And yeah. also, like, like, big up NBA players, man. Like, I swear, I'm not sure other leagues do this, but I feel like NBA players are always, like, doing things for the culture, like, honestly. So just big up the entire NBA league because a lot of those players that are, that are Black, they really try to use the money that they make to help the culture, and it's just nonstop. So just big up the whole entire NBA, man. All of them, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Big up, big up, big up, big up, big up, big up. All right, y'all. So let's go to the last segment, Fahim. All right, let's go to That's Absurd. That's Absurd, Fahim, bro. What was absurd this week? What was absurd? <laughs> what was absurd was the announcement. That on what announcement? June, the announcement, June 6th. We're going to have... <laughs> Logan Paul, YouTube star, <laughs> against Floyd Mayweather. Who, hold up, who asked the world to call him a goat in boxing, by the way? Okay, who asked everyone to say, I'm the best boxer? Would we ever see Mike Tyson box, like, fight a YouTube star or, like, Muhammad Ali? Like, come on. Like, anyways, Dudley, your thoughts on this fight? <laughs> like... I'm actually annoyed with, with Mayweather, actually, with Floyd. Absurd. I actually, yeah. I'm, I'm actually annoyed with him. Anyways. Absurd. Absurd. Like, there's so many good boxers you can fight, Floyd. If you're bored, fight one of them. Like, real talk. Dudley? Absolutely, LJ. <laughs> uh, I, I think absolutely absurd. Uh, when I first heard the news, it was just like, really? Why? Um, you know, Floyd, money, Mayweather, you have more than enough money. You have enough money to to literally stand there and burn it, um, and uh, that's a whole other story. But uh, you don't need it for the money. Um, and like you said, Mike Tyson would never fight a, a YouTube star. And so you know, it um, it's just I, I'm not sure why he's doing it. 
but essentially he's taken the bait. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because at uh, this past UFC this weekend, um, Jake Paul um, was trying to um, get uh, um, some response from Daniel Cormier, and uh, Cormier was, was like, I'm not having this, uh, I'm not fighting a YouTube star, um, but he also apparently came at Usman as well. Yeah. Uh, so, like, did you not just watch what Usman did? Bro, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you not see the sweat flying off? Like, just, just like maybe don't do that. Um, <laughs> so maybe perhaps, you know, it's, it's to get views or, or, or whatnot. It seems like Mayweather took the bait. I'm not sure why he is. Maybe he really is bored and feel, feels like, you know, this will be a nice light workout or something. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, COVID has everyone a little bit, uh, you know, cabin fevered. So perhaps it's that. I don't know. Uh, it's a way to get out. But either way, that's absurd. Yeah, one like... Thing is, the more, the more money, more problems. And here's the thing with, uh, we, all, we all watch his pockets and say, hey, look at how much money he has. He also has a lot of expenses also. <clears throat> so sometimes a lifestyle, you have to maintain it, upkeep it, right? It's all relative. So uh, for Floyd to doing, be doing these big payouts, for instance, it's going to pay a lot more from the fight Logan Paul than maybe it's going to do to fight actual boxers that he at this age, could be fighting, such as Errol Spence Jr., you know, or uh, Terrence Crawford, you know, like these are boxers that, uh, top-level boxers that he's clearly ducking, and we all, you know, everyone, under everyone understands. Ducking! <laughs> Soka song, you know, like ducking. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, with, with Floyd, my, my thing is, if he's going to fight Logan Paul and do this exhibition-type stuff, um, other boxers, now, okay, see how you started in LEJ, you're saying about other boxers didn't fight YouTube stars. Now, mind you, other boxers, there was no YouTube, but there was, with these other boxers, for instance, Muhammad Ali, he had exhibition fights with people who weren't boxers. Um, it's, not, it's not new or novel for, uh, for boxers to retire and fight exhibition maxes. I think the problem with Floyd is, um, Floyd, he's still... Yes, he's in his, he's probably early he's 40s now. He's still like, I guess more prime, like, like, you think he's at the last, the last leg of his career? Or do you think most he's... Definitely, most definitely. Okay. But the thing is, look at Manny Pacquiao is a year and a half less than him. And Manny Pacquiao was still to this day fighting challengers. Yes, you know like, so, like good, like actually good boxers, not like YouTube, so, YouTube stars. Yeah, so with Floyd checking out the game early, uh, you know, History's going to remember this, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, in regards to his, his status of wanting to be called the GOAT, uh, when you look pound for pound, uh, you know, uh, resume for resume, honestly, what Manny Pacquiao, his resume and what he's accomplished in his career, he may not be undefeated by, by, like Floyd, but he, uh, Manny Pacquiao has a much more impressive boxing resume to leave with. Um, but you know, if Floyd, if, if it's all about the money and I understand the play, do your thing. It's all money. And, and I think, you know, in the last, what, two months, the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan have been getting a lot of clout, you know, their followers are very loyal and they bring money, right? Like this, like you said, it's all about money. This is not about who's better. We all know Floyd is better, right? And if you're going to gamble that night, if you're going to gamble at, at all in your life, gamble on that fight because <laughs> you should be making a lot of money in those odds. Now, um, 
However, like, what if Floyd throws the fight? I don't know. Honestly, guys, like, this is it's such a weird situation. <laughs> but also, I'm wondering if Floyd wants to um, get back for, uh, you know, what happened with, like, Nate Robinson. Maybe, like, he wants to, like, avenge him with the Paul. I don't know. But, like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, like maybe, like, they want to silence the, the brothers. Like, the like, I don't know. Anyways, all I'm saying is that, for me, it's absurd that this is actually happening. Because I feel like Floyd could at least give other stars, young black boxing stars, a chance to pivot on the stage. And he's not doing that. He's fighting these chumps. Like, let's get some young stars that, that want to make it on the stage to kind of pass the torch to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fighting these other players isn't for the culture. It's for your pockets, which I can't respect. So Manny Pacquiao, to Ooh. me, is here, and Floyd is still going to be down here. Sorry, Floyd. I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I, I, I said. I won't necessarily disagree with you, Nelly J. Um, I, I'm a Pac-Man fan. I've always been a Pac-Man fan. I love Manny Pacquiao. Um, I love his fighting style. And um, I, I think, uh, you know, he doesn't, you know, take on these type of uh, scenarios. So I think that will, you know, help his own legacy. And fortunately or unfortunately, we have the two biggest stars in boxing that had two separate legacies at the same time when they could have been merged together. Yeah. But, you know, time has not been kind uh, for us as fans to be able to, to witness that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because Floyd is, his fighting weight is a welterweight, which is like 147. Uh, Logan Paul is, I think he's 190. Yeah, he's bigger. Like we're talking three weight classes higher. So that, even that in itself should tell you something. He's willing to step in the ring with someone who weighs 30, 40 pounds more than him. But, but I think I think he had to lose weight, right? That was why they agreed to it to Drew. Sure. Well, okay. Even if let's, how, much, how much? I mean, how much can you lose? But how still, much is he really going to lose in a healthy so in a healthy capacity, right? And not like right. starve and get weak. Right. But you're right. It's right. it's weird. Like it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Absurd. <laughs> Absurd. I'll just say this. The only thing else I can add to it is that you know he did fight Conor McGregor. You know, in a boxing match, um, it was a bit sloppy. Um, I, I can respect that more than, than a fight against actually, either of the Paul brothers. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, because remember, like, McGregor is a bigger name, and he was, I remember, he challenged him, right, Floyd? But again, like, the fact that Floyd is accepting, like, all these white boy challenges and not one black boy, <laughs> interesting. So are we looking at a big box office night for this? <laughs> Pardon me? For this game, um, for this fight? Are we seeing a lot of views for this fight? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. But, but, but question for boxing fans, right? Do you think Floyd is making boxing like, like, like a joke by doing this? I'm just curious because, you know, like, like boxing is a very unique or specific type fans, right? And, like, it's been respected for decades. You know what I mean? So by him doing this, do you think boxing has now become this, like, circuit show where, hey, challenge the top boxer in the world and you can get a fight if you get enough followers? Like... You know what I mean? Like I, I think what we need to do now, since Floyd is, uh, he's retired. He's openly <laughs> retired, right? So True. since he's openly retired, I think we need to disassociate him from boxing. He's Agreed. no longer a boxer. Oh. He's an entertainer. There we go. No, I think it has to happen because I think there's so many uh, awesome boxers who took the craft very seriously. And they box for actual skill sets and for winning the belt, not just to get views and money. You know what I mean? Because because that can take away the craft of boxing from mm. the greats. So yeah. very good point, Fahim. I think so. How about you, Dudley? Absolutely. You think it's not I, a circuit I, show? <laughs> well, I, I, I love what you said there. It is a great segue, um, you know, in terms of the the 
hardcore boxing fans. Hardcore boxing fans are very different than even MMA fans. Um, and I, I enjoy both. I am more of an MMA fan than a, than a boxing fan, but I, I do appreciate the sweet science. But the hardcore boxing fans are very, um, you know, firmly entrenched in, in what boxing should stand for. And the, the um, you know, for lack of, you know, the, the um, just like the, the level of quality, if you will. And mm -hmm. so does this ultimately impact um, Mayweather's um, legacy? Probably not. At the same time, though, it will, I think personally, you know, put some at least a dent in 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 the view of the of the hardcore boxing fan. The casual fan will love it, like you said, Nelly J, because you know it's going to create. It is be a money machine. This fight will be a money machine. It will have rate, ratings bonanza. You know, you you can pretty much sell anything you want, charge whatever you want uh, for 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 any um, advertising on this because it will bring that that casual fan in there. But for the hardcore boxing fan, are they going to be that excited about uh, a, a Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight? No. They would rather see a, a Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight or, or you know, somebody else, you know. Um, so I, I think that's where, unfortunately, the, the money is, is, is moving. Um, and Floyd took the bait. Hmm. Well said. Well Dudley. said. Well said. All right. So let's put this episode in the books. Ooh, ooh y'all. That was episode 37. That's right. <laughs> so Dudley, we love to give our guests a chance to do a shout out. So my dear, the floor is yours. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I do some volunteering work. I think volunteering is very important. And uh, I do volunteer with a wonderful organization called Future Possibilities for Kids. Um, it is an organization that teaches leadership skills with kids uh, to provide uh, or to um, come up with uh, goals of contribution to give back to their communities. And I think that's, in, you know, infinitely important in today's day and age, you know, with COVID going on, um, even prior to, but definitely with that happening to engage kids because they are the leaders of tomorrow. Um, and so feel free to follow me on Instagram, um, the links in my bio, um, it's at Mr. Duds, that's mr.dudz, uh, and take a look. And uh, by all means, uh, if you have any questions, you can uh, send me a message or just take a look at FPK's website and, or follow them on Instagram as well. Awesome. And guys, I will have the website info as well as his Instagram handle in our caption so you can definitely check him out for sure <laughs> uh, my shout out i guess uh, for sure number one is dudley thank you for joining us uh we appreciate you taking the time dropping some knowledge and some good gems tonight i also want to shout out uh hbcu players that have been drafted in the nfl uh, because these players paved the way and i think there's two tonight that might be drafted as well so i want to shout out michael strahan jerry rice steve mcnair Walter Payton, Doug Williams, Shannon Sharp, and right now currently playing, we got Tariq Cohen, Darius Leonard, and Taryn Armstead that are all from HBCUs playing in NFL. And tonight, the two prospects is David Moore and Brian Mills. So I just love seeing HBCU uh, players um, getting to the NFL, but the fact that there were others before that, first of all, I had no idea that Strahan and Sharp <laughs> went to HBC. Me neither. So that's why I was like, what? So I want to give them a huge shout out, and hopefully the two um, prospects will be drafted tonight. So big up to them. Fahim? <laughs> all right. Um, I just want to keep this this uh, shout out real quick. I want to shout out the, uh, the Friday Hardcores. Uh, Patty, Greg, and Prem. <laughs> three hardcores with Mr. Duds that we, we get together on Friday. Salute to you guys. 
Um, and let's put this episode in the books. That's episode 37. Yes, y'all. So y'all know what to do. If you had a good time, please like and subscribe. And please t- share with a friend. What up for you? <laughs> That's right. You know where to find us. That's Good Rookies Podcast, episode 37. And we out. Peace. Peace.